You're listening to The Calling. Before we get started, I wanted to just take a second and thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this message. I am truly appreciative of you making the effort to grow in Christ and doing so together. So thank you. Last time we were together, we reviewed Nehemiah's prayer for repentance and called on God's promises for restoration. We examined Ezekiel's experience with a stubborn people and how God will restore us even after our transgressions. We reviewed several prayer examples and ultimately arrived at the conclusion that we need to return to the basics of our faith in God, which is loving God with all of our heart and all of our soul. This week, we'll continue to examine Nehemiah as he sets out to rebuild the walls of his home, and Lord willing, we'll continue to grow in Christ as we explore this scripture together. I remember growing up, we had a camp along the river. I have plenty of good memories and learned a lot of great life lessons at this camp. And one of those memories is is we had an old bus that we transformed into a trailer that we would stay in. And as far as camp trailers go, my father had converted this bus into the five-star Ritz. One thing we admired about our bus was the foundation that we would use to build our paradise retreat. And in part of this retreat in this paradise was the deck along the river that we built as well. It was quite the setup. Unrelated to our camp, my children love playing with blocks, or at least they have throughout their life. They would build towers, and and coincidentally, at around the age of two, for all three of them, they found more joy in knocking them down. However, as the children got older, they would become more frustrated when their tower would be knocked over by their younger sibling. Now, maybe you don't or didn't have a river getaway, but I'm sure you can recall a time in your life that you you built something. Maybe it's blocks. Maybe it's Legos. Maybe it's something you do recreationally. Regardless, think of building something or rebuilding something and ask or remind yourself, where do you start? Hopefully, you're telling yourself the foundation or from the ground up. That's the beginning. My children would recognize, even though they would have to rebuild their tower, they would start at the very bottom. With that, let us refocus our minds to God's word and invite the Holy Spirit into our heart. Join me in Nehemiah in chapter 2 as we continue to explore this scripture together. And as you may remember, Nehemiah is sad about the state of his home in Jerusalem. After praying to God, he asks and gains approval from the king Xerxes, as well as permission for supplies and safe passage to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. We learn through scripture that Nehemiah is given the confidence to address the king boldly and make this request. And we're going to pick up in chapter 2, verse 17, which is right after Nehemiah has assessed the damage of the wall. So he has made it to Jerusalem. He's now gone out at night and assessed all the damage. And it is written in, in verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, Let us start rebuilding. So they began his good work. You see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruin. Infused with hope from God, the people were ready to rebuild. They go to work. Isn't it amazing how a spiritual revival can ignite the workforce? Acts gives us a great example of this as well in the New Testament. After being infused with the Holy Spirit, what do they do? They go to work. 
They don't just stick around and say, man, this was great. Let's come back here and do it again next Sunday. No, they go to work rebuilding God's temple. That's why the Holy Spirit in your life is so important because without it, you believe the lie that spreading the gospel is someone else's responsibility. You believe the lie that you can worship God privately and that you don't need to share the Bible with somebody else. And let me be real with you. If you're ashamed to share the gospel because you're afraid of how someone will react, Jesus is going to be ashamed of you when that time comes. And if you don't believe me about that, I encourage you to search scripture and maybe even start around Luke chapter 9 verse 26. And this is the truth I had to learn because I used to believe that I didn't need to be open about my faith, that I didn't need to share the gospel, that my relationship with Jesus was a personal one and a private one. Jesus can't be your secret. Amen. Amen. So Nehemiah and his people, they're now rejuvenated. They, they have returned and, and they're ready to rebuild the walls for God. They're revived and as a result, they get to work. We're going to pick up again in Nehemiah chapter 2, starting in verse 19. It is written, But then Sambalat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, and Jessam, the Arab, heard about it and mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They asked. Are you rebuilding against the king? I answered them by saying, The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. As God's works begins, the enemy takes notice immediately. Shambalat and Tobiah have been displeased with Nehemiah since his arrival. Noticing the work beginning, they make their displeasure known. Are you rebelling? Implying that Nehemiah and the band of wall builders are revolting against the king. And that's how the enemy works. As soon as God's works begin, he arrives with that seed of doubt. Implying revolt is only used to cause confusion and doubt. We see this throughout Jesus' ministry as well with interactions with the Pharisees or the Sadducees. Jesus was frequently challenged and the wording used was implying that Jesus was challenging or revolting against God's word. Let's look at an example. Join me in Luke chapter 6. It's written in verse 6, on the Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples broke off heads of grain rubbed the husks with their hands, and ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, Why are you breaking the law of harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, Haven't you read the scriptures, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only priests can eat. He also gave some up to his companions. And Jesus added, The Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with a deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save a life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one and said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage, and they began to discuss what to do with him. You'll notice in both examples, 
The plan here is to trip Jesus up into believing that what he is doing is breaking the law. The work of Jesus was an act of rebellion against our Lord. And as you may recall from our Body Armor series, confusion and misinformation is a tactic of the enemy. So stay alert, stand firm, and get to work. Amen? Amen. Now, if you keep reading in Nehemiah back in chapter 3, you'll notice that the work begins, the walls are being rebuilt, and in Nehemiah chapter 4, it is written in verse 1, When Shambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? What are they building? Even a fox climbing up would break it down their wall of stones. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder to the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuild the wall till all of it reached half of its height, for the people worked with all of their heart. As work continues, the enemy becomes more frustrated. You'll notice that the workers don't stop what they're doing to argue with their hecklers. They don't engage in a verbal exchange. Instead, what do they do? They pray and keep working. They keep their focus on God's calling in their life. They recognize the need for a strong foundation, and they realize that the integrity of the walls was important. They began digging through the rubble, salvaging the stone and the wood that was reusable because they knew that the walls needed to be strong and before they could defend themselves from a confrontation, they needed to ensure that what they were building was going to hold. Likewise, Jesus teaches us about the importance of a strong foundation. And in Matthew chapter 7, it is written in verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who rebuilt his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Likewise, in Luke's account in chapter 6, it is written in verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building his house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the turret struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the turret struck the house, It collapsed and the destruction was complete. Jesus point blank teaches us that his words are meant to be put into practice, not to be imposed on others, but for you to apply them to your own life. And doing so, you are building your foundation on the rock with that cornerstone of Christ. You're building the walls of your stronghold through the faith and practice of following the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Nehemiah and his wall builders were building their walls, their foundation of God. They weren't rebuilding out of nostalgia, the good old days. They, were, they weren't building the walls to show the world that they are a force. They rebuilt the walls out of the love and dedication to God. And as I stated earlier, when God's work begins, the enemy's resistance is initiated. And Jesus provides us the analogy of rising water. Nehemiah encounters the physical enemy. And you and I, we encounter both. As a disciple of Christ, you are a target of the rising water, such as political correctness, and a physical enemy in a society who no longer loves God, who no longer even wants to admit he exists. As a disciple of Christ, you're experiencing the floodwaters created by the storm of bad teaching, conforming to the world, neglecting your relationship with God. Take your pick from a variety of plagues eating away from our inner temple. If you need a current example of the type of storm challenging our foundation of faith, look no further than COVID-19. Vaccinated or not vaccinated, masked or not masked, it's a real deal. No, it's a hoax. The body of Christ and the church organization is being torn in half over COVID-19 practices and beliefs. I've seen ministers use their, their platform to blast anyone who gets vaccinated. And I've seen ministers use their platform to, to blast anyone who is vaccinated. Regardless of where you stand on the argument, here's the cold hard truth of the matter. God doesn't want us fighting over COVID-19. He doesn't care if you believe COVID is real or not. God cares whether you believe he is real or not. God doesn't care if you have trust in the vaccine. He cares that you trust in him. Amen? Amen. Every spring, that river would rise and flood our camp. Every spring, we would plan to rebuild our deck, our paradise. See, the foundation of our deck was literally built on the sand. And no matter how we engineered it, when the flood came, when the river rose, our deck would be destroyed. Our bus, well, our bus wasn't going anywhere. That river would rise and the flood would crash into our big blue structure. And every year we would return to see that bus unmoved. Where have you built your faith? How have your walls been built? Did you press on working with all of your heart when the hecklers arrived to make fun of how you looked for worshiping God? Did you stop building because you felt the threat of the loud voices challenging you? Did you pause your work because you engaged in a confrontation because you are right? Did you build your foundation on the sand because it was easier and supported by those around you? Likewise, with my children building blocks, it wasn't until they developed the relationship to work together were they able to build stronger structures. But a lot of us, we build our towers and then become upset when someone knocks them down. Hmm. Amen. This week, as you continue to explore your inner temple, I want you to evaluate your foundation. For some of us, we need our walls to fall so we can start over. Some of us have already had our walls destroyed and we are in the rebuilding process of going through the rubble of our lives. 
Others, we need to perform routine maintenance. We need to search and patch the walls that were damaged by the seasonal storms. But for all of us, we need to call on a Holy Spirit to be our foreman. To continue to integrate the Holy Spirit into our church and community. To continue to engage our church to expand beyond Sunday. Continue to embrace the call and share the gospel with others. And to do so unashamed. To prepare ourselves for that resistance we're going to face when we begin to do God's work. If you engage yourself in an argument such as COVID, let it go. The facts of the virus are irrelevant when it comes to the resilience and the reliance of our God. Seek his directions if you're lost and in need of clarity. And above all else, love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and love your neighbor. Amen. Amen. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys his temple. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 17. God is calling you to rebuild your foundation. Will you answer?